1730, Benjamin became a Freemason because, of course. Yeah. I mean, you, you can't be honest if you're not a Freemason. Exactly. You can't be honest unless you're in a secret society. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, yeah, it's like if you want to be a founding father, you gotta be a Freemason. It's basically a rule. There's I've only seen one... national treasure. Exactly. Yeah. There's only one way to build a country, and that's to serve the Illuminati. Amen. <laughs> Welcome to We Talk About Dead People, a podcast where we talk about dead people. I'm your very sick host, Aaron C., and I'm here with my good friend and co-host, James D. Say hi, James. Yeah, so when listening to this episode today, listeners, make sure that you get out your latex gloves and put them over your ears so that Aaron does not infest you. That's right. I was sitting next to a, a guy on the plane on the way back oh, no. from Milwaukee, mm -hmm. and I was just, like, trying not to cough the whole time. <laughs> And every time he did, he just looked a little more uncomfortable. He sinks lower, lower into his chair, like half a centimeter each time. Well, I felt bad for him. He was in the center seat of oh. three, and he, he was like leaning slightly to the right over toward the window. Oh. And then near the end, I think he was pissed off at me because he just like he started hogging the armrests and and <laughs> grunting a lot. So whatever. Ah, uh, the battles of the sky. But I was like, fuck it, you know, I'll give you whatever the hell I have. Yeah. You know. Anything for a friend. Yeah, so I took I took a tiny little vacation, went to Milwaukee, and got sick. I brought it back to Texas. <sighs> so I, I like went I went up there and got all the fresh allergens in that Wisconsin has to offer. Mm -hmm. And then I came back to Austin and refreshed the allergens. And why the fuck? Okay, so I got the Periscope app, and it keeps notifying me that this fool named Rob is always when he starts a live stream. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I never subscribed to this guy, what the fuck? But it still keeps telling me that Rob is live. I, I, I mean, that's good. That is. Yeah, Rob I, is I'm live. I'm glad he's that he's dead. alive, yeah. Anyway, so we hope to keep our listeners entertained and interested while we break down various members of the odd and exciting family that is humanity. The way this works is that James and I will do our amateurs best to give a basic account of the major events in the life of a now-dead person and give a fairly accurate depiction of their individual character, which is harder to do, but we're going to try anyway. So, James, who do we have this week? Benjamin, I invented electricity, Franklin. How appropriate, literally releasing this a day before Independence Day. You mean America is the greatest day? No, I mean Oil and Democracy Day. I, I can I can hear the fans now. You just hate America because you're a couple of woke white boys with useless degrees from American universities. But James, America is the real British Empire. America isn't even a country. America is literally garbage Disney World. That's a fact. Uh, no, I learned in school that all Americans are terrible racists who literally eat baby koalas. I hate being an American. America literally did 9-11. All of our presidents are shape-shifting beans. The White House used to be a peaceful bologna sandwich before the Nazis took over. Columbus actually drove a monster truck through South America and crushed the native population with a giant can of Red Bull. The Spanish never did anything wrong. George Washington was literally the Antichrist. American values were plagiarized from Willy Wonka and a Paula Deen cookbook. America invented Hollywood. America strapped Barack Obama to a steamroller and sent him to Afghanistan for no reason. The financial interests of mega corporations send us to war and destabilize our nation. 
Our sons die for money! There's a giant waffle iron buried in the Nevada desert. That's why it's so hot there. America fostered the development of technologies that have caused the suicides of millions! Did you know that America is full of soy boy liberals? Did you know it's full of redneck conservatives? Literally every American is either a redneck conservative or a soy boy liberal. There's no middle ground. We are all either rednecks or soy boys. Yeah! And America belongs to England. Hold up. Hold the fuck up. What? Look, I know we both hate America more than Princess Diana hated car wrecks, but America does not belong to England. What? If America did anything right, it was literally building itself out of stolen resources and industry-destroying imports and finally throwing off the chains of overtaxation and cultural oppression. Uh, James? Just look around you. Does it look like America has gotten over those problems? Well, no. But Reddit did quarantine the Donald. Oh, never mind, we won! We're not an adoped up, emotionally draining consumer roller coaster culture where people are sad all the time and can't figure out why? America doesn't need to be made great again. It was always great. Social media isn't unhealthy. In fact, it's extremely good for you to be mad about stupid shit all the time. Yeah, oh, how else will I know who to hate today? How else can I know what companies I need to boycott? How else can I know what Wendy's is thinking? Everything is fine. Everything's just fine. Support us on Patreon so we can go to therapy. Or get some fucking Adderall! Ugh, oh, screw that, let's just make fentanyl lasagna. There aren't thousands of homeless people flooding the streets because they have nowhere else to go. There aren't highways in the Midwest that have been under construction for 30 fucking years! Just as long as you buy your shit at Target and Whole Foods, everything will be okay! That's right, and if you ever feel sad, just remember, at least you have three jobs. Starbucks, Burger King, and Trader Joe's will all employ you for as long as no one ever harasses you to the point of rage while live streaming on Facebook. That's right, just keep shoveling the popcorn into your mouths at the movies that are designed to literally make you feel like a herd animal in a pen and nothing you do will ever help you to get out. Yeah, go ahead and buy that car you can't afford. There's always financing. Everything's fine. Everything is fine. And if you ever feel worried, just remember that God is dead, Keanu Reeves is super important for some reason, and never, ever forget that the customer is always right! <coughs> well, Alex Jones, shall we head down to the history lab? Sure thing, Neo. One country. Under God, invisible, with sophistry and junkies for all. The man, the myth, the legend. Benjamin Franklin, one crazy dude who invented kites and zapped a key with a taser. Most people seem to think it's cool to know that he was a womanizer, but like, who the fuck actually cares about that these days? <sighs> Aaron's getting some coffee. What does that teach us? Teaches us about death. And life. Because of the endless cycle of the brilliant coffee bean. See, the coffee bean grows up. Much like the jellyfish. 
spawned at the bottom of the ocean in this goopy, gross, disgusting, but beautiful pile of life. Once the coffee bean reaches full nutrition, after about three months, it grows legs and swims to the surface of the Pacific Ocean. That is when our boys and their schooners throw out their nets and catch the coffee beans. But this is not the end of the coffee bean life cycle. This is but the beginning. We then bring the coffee beans back, back to Hawaii, which does not exist. Then they throw the coffee beans into a volcano, because only under immense heat and pressure does the coffee bean open up and tell us about its feelings. If the feelings are generally positive, then we select these coffee beans to go to the next stage. If the, the feelings are negative, we return the coffee beans back into the ocean to seek therapy and uh, develop a little bit more before they come back and we can put them back into the cycle. But for the coffee beans that are emotionally stable and positive, we take them back to America, which is roughly 63% of the land of the Earth. And we use the, these coffee beans to inspire us. We throw them in a blender while still alive and blend them into a happiness pastry. The pastry of coffee. But we're not done yet. Because you have to put the pastry in the oven to melt down into a liquid. And only then can you drink your delicious coffee. So if any of you were wondering what James's podcast is going to be like, that was it. <laughs> oh, Precisely. Man. Oh, God. <laughs> you know, I was thinking, uh, <clears throat> with your show, you could, like, just... You could basically do a hardcore history sh thing where... Mm -hmm. You cover, you know, one guy for a long time, and then you, like, take a long break to research another one? That's what I'm thinking about doing. Hey, maybe we should take this time to, if if nobody listened to our last episode or two, I don't remember when we gave out the little announcement, maybe we should tell people what we're talking about. Oh, yeah, we have announced it, but uh, only briefly. Yeah. I, I did a little intro for the last episode. Oh, that's which right. Which was, you know, the vacation episode. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so James and I are going to start our own separate podcasts, and mm -hmm. one's going to be crazy, and one's going to be James. So you can figure out which one's going to be. Yeah. <laughs> which one's going to be crazier. <laughs> so don't worry, anyone. We're not, this is not us breaking up. This oh, is no. not us getting in a big fight. We just love podcasting so much that we both want to do our own thing, as well as stay connected at the hips with We Talk About Dead People. So yes. this show will definitely keep going. Yeah, it's going to keep going. It's just too much fun, honestly. Oh, for sure. <laughs> this is the highlight of my week, and it has been for two years now. Yeah. Uh, so, God, can you believe it's been almost two years? <laughs> I can't. It's amazing. It this is. is like what a good marriage is supposed to be like. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, like rain or shine, sick or healthy, whatever. Um, we <laughs> Nothing stops the mail. Nothing. <laughs> Speaking of, mm -hmm. um, 
Anyway, yeah, so if, by the way, if I sound a little different, it's because since I am sick, I was too lazy to actually go into a closet, so I'm just sitting in my bedroom right okay, now. Okay, well. At a desk, yeah. Ugh. Fuck it. Uh, usually, I can't tell the difference when I'm listening to it, so I was just like, all right, whatever, I'm not gonna bother with it sure. today, I'm just gonna yeah. do my shit in here. Yeah. And I could invest in one of those, like, I, I doubt you've Getting ever seen life? one. Yes. Oh. <laughs> I doubt you've ever seen one, but like uh, production studios and stuff, they usually if they're if they have VO in their show, mm-hmm. um, they have like a little like soundproof, like I don't know how you describe it, but it's like a mini miniature soundproof room that they mm. attach to their mic and it like surrounds it, and it works super well. So I think if I continue with this slash, if my other podcast takes off slash, if this podcast takes off, that's gonna be my next investment is a little mini soundproof booth so i can record anywhere i want all right you should yeah, yeah get your little mic room i i was totally lost <laughs> i don't know what any of this means i wish i could uh, show you what it looks like it's pretty cool okay oh, i'll yeah. just trust you so we'll what we should say is we'll keep y'all updated as yeah. things develop uh we, yeah. we haven't made our other shows yet but no well, I mean, I've started mine a little bit on here, but I, I honestly, I've gotten really mixed feedback. Some people love me just ranting, and other people are like, oh, man, it's too deep for me. I'm not going to listen. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. Well, it's not that, yeah. I don't need to defend it. It is totally me ranting about, you know, media and how it's driving people crazy. Yeah. But, um, you know, that, yeah. I want to get involved in the world of journalism. No, I want to get involved in destroying the world of journalism. <laughs> I saw a tweet from a journalist who had been fired, I think, from one of those stupid-ass journalism, you know, pot farms, whatever, Mm -hmm. where they all just write articles about nothing so they can have a job. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's the same thing with academia. It's like, I really want to get a PhD, and I can't think of anything good to write about, so I just make something up. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and and then they do, and everyone's like, oh, this makes no sense. And then, like, nine other woke professors come along and go, it's a new revolution, oh my god. And then they get their PhD for nothing, for bullshit. And then they go and teach it to other kids who then get sad, and yeah. Well, I feel personally attacked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't yeah, have I a PhD. The only I had an uncle who was like, hey, you know... Like, since you can't seem to figure out what you want to do with your life, why don't you get a PhD? And I was like, that's a good idea. And then I looked into it, and I'm like, all these PhD programs that aren't science are literally bullshit. (laughs) You go and write about something that is made up, and then you, you know, pretend like you're an expert on it, and then boom, you teach it for 30 years until it becomes unpopular, you get tenure, and then people want you fired. Yeah. It's Oh my god, cut that. (laughs) (laughs) So, James, tell me, mm-hmm. if you had to pick one American hero to grill up and strap to a firework, who would that be? Uh, Davy Crockett. Why? <laughs> because then when the firework would explode, first of all, it would just be beautiful. And red, white, and blue, of course. Right. But then uh, raccoon skin caps and muskets would fall down upon all the children. And that's <laughs> that's what America needs. Yeah. <laughs> muskets and the raccoons sitting on our head. It's the only way we can take back the government for the people. Amen. <laughs> so you want to do the old switcheroo on me and ask me that question? Sure. So, Aaron. Yes. Tell me. 
Mm. If you had to pick one American hero to grill up and strap to a grill up, I didn't I didn't really hear that part the first well, time. It's Independence Day, oh. and you grill shit and you launch fireworks. That's the American way. Oh, dude, dear, dude, dear, dude. Uh, <laughs> all right, well, so, all right. So grill somebody up and strap them to a firework. Who would uh, that be? Uh. I don't know. There's so many to pick from. True. Most of them are presidents. <laughs> I think Nixon. Uh. Grill him up, strap him to a firework, you know, before he does the whole Watergate thing. Yeah. Like yeah. while he was still good and then he could be like a martyr. <laughs> so tell me, Aaron. <laughs> should we just move on? I think we should just move on. All right, let's just move on. I think on. we're good. Computer. What? <laughs> It's what? rude to interrupt. <laughs> what were you saying? <laughs> Just go on. Tell the computer what to do. Not until I've had my coffee. In the meantime, you should say what you were going to say. I can't because you haven't brought up the computer stuff yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> computer, please bring up Benjamin Swaggo Bago Franklin Burger. Affirmative, my lord. I'm hungry. <laughs> I'm just hungry now. Okay, so tell me, Aaron, what is Benjamin Franklin best known for? Benjamin Franklin is best known for discovering the United States on his epic Pacific voyage aboard the Nina, Pinta, and Santa Maria. He is also known for building Boston entirely out of large kites, and probably... Hold up. What? This is all made up. Why are you making all this up? I'm not making all this up! Benjamin Franklin did not, uh, he did not find America. He... Well, he... He did symbolically. I mean, he was one of the founding fathers. Are, are you going to keep spreading misinformation, or do I need to introduce this guy myself properly? I, I think you'd... Well, you'd better do it. All right, okay. Benjamin Franklin was best known for discovering Burger King. Benjamin Franklin was best known for being a genius inventor, writer, and statesman. Mm, okay, and what did he look like? He looks like your grandma. <laughs> Rude, but not wrong. Uh, yeah. In his most famous picture, you know, the one where that's on the $100 bill, he mm. looks like a balding tub. Uh, and cross-referencing multiple pictures I downloaded from the CIA's facial data Google Doc, I discovered that Benjamin Franklin, um, he always kind of looked like a balding tub. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's got this face that's just looking at you like, if only you knew all the shit I do, you idiot, you fool, you child. And his lips are constantly pursed, too, so you can't... You can tell he's, like, really holding back. Mm. <laughs> like, he knows how dumb you are. <laughs> um, and I would give you a better physical description of him, but that would require me to have a $100 bill, and I haven't seen one of those in years, so fuck it! Yeah, well, I, I could describe George Washington for you. Oh, yeah? He kind of looked the same, didn't he? He did, yeah. If you just... If you look at it from far away, it's the same thing. And uh, I, I have why... a $1 bill, so... <laughs> Not to brag or anything, but... <laughs> I wonder why, though, that the Founding Fathers all kind of had that look. Their lips were pursed. They're just kind of looking at you like, Yeah, well, if you have to fight a war while wearing a wig, it's oh it's yeah. going to result in the same look. It's going to make you a little bit pursy. Uh-huh. <laughs> so should we talk about Benjamin Franklin's early life and then move into his regular life? Because on these episodes, I do not separate early life. Yeah, let's, life. Hey, let's dive on in. 
All right. So let's start talking about Benjamin Franklin by talking about Benjamin Franklin's parents. Mm-hmm. Because that's important. His dad was Josiah Franklin, who was an Englishman and jack of all trades. Mm-hmm. He was the son of a blacksmith and a farmer and was also a weapons-grade baby maker. Oh, oh, all right. Yeah. <laughs> Why do I mention that? Well, he had 17 children. Oh, my God. Yeah, ten Whoa. boys and seven <laughs> girls. And they all definitely built separate tree forts and had wars all the time. Yeah, how can you not? I, I don't know how you... Yeah, I mean, with a collective of that size, you have to have some wars. <laughs> so one of the boys in the male army was Benjamin Franklin. And mm-hmm. Ben was the 15th child. Ooh, down on the ladder. Yeah, born in his family, narrowly avoiding being the middle child by a mere six slots. <laughs> An old hundred dollar bin was born in Boston in 1706 to Josiah Franklin's second wife. Sure. Yeah, I, I, mean, I figured had, there'd be more than one. <laughs> yeah. He had to have two wives in order to build his army. It's just practical. Sure, yeah. And for what it's worth, he, he wasn't a polygamist. His first wife got sick and, and died. Mm-hmm. Well, Horribly those times, so. yeah. Yeah. I mean, when your wife dies, you're like, oh, fuck, I've only got ten children now. I've got to marry someone else. I can't, I can't not have 20 children. <laughs> like... <laughs> I right. gotta do... Different times, man. People had different priorities. Be fruitful and multiply. Yes. It's on the $100 <laughs> bill. It is. Yeah. It's It's right there. If you look really closely at Benjamin Franklin's lips, it's it's tattooed yes. on there. You Next, just can't see it because he's got his lips pursed. It's in between the Illuminati uh, triangle and the Satan's eye. Yeah, be fruitful mm-hmm. and multiply. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Josiah Franklin was fruitful as fuck. <laughs> yeah, wow. And his wives, too. We can't forget the fact that they had all those children. Yeah, he he, did, he didn't do much work on, on that. Well, I, I don't know. Well, I mean, the I shit he did, he, he was, like, running multiple... He, Josiah Franklin was a baller. The guy was, like... He was, like, a candle maker and a farmer and a blacksmith and a handyman. He you was, like, doing be. all this shit. And, yeah. like, you know he's coming home after, like, a 19-hour workday. He's like, mm. my God... I need to make a child. <laughs> I mean, I respect it, but why? Well, uh, they were they were Protestants. I believe they were Puritans. Um, and I also think I'm not I'm not sure. I should have checked this out, but I'm pretty sure his second wife came over on the Mayflower. Okay. Like, yeah. No, that's... Is that crazy? I don't know if that's crazy. I don't know. Her family, at least. Her ancestors, as far as I know, were involved in the uh, the Probably fleeing of England. Back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because the, uh, the fucking English were like, You're not allowed to be Protestant anymore. Or, not Protestant. Puritan. Whatever. Fuck it. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm talking about. All yeah, right, so... Uh, Josiah Franklin, the baby maker uh, general... He was of the mind that a boy's got to learn a trade in order to be useful in the world, which is great because <laughs> he's right. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Josiah was convinced pretty early on in, in little Benjamin's life that this boy was going to go to church and become a member of clergy. Hmm. 
Um, but that didn't work because old dad, for some reason, couldn't afford to send Ben to the schooling required to become a part of the clergy. I wonder why he didn't have enough money. Could it have been that he was literally paying the wages of a full child army? <laughs> right, right. If he has any more, they're going to get a state representative. Yeah. <laughs> That's just how it works. They've already got a baseball team. Two of them, actually. Yeah. <laughs> So, Ben does not get to go to clergy school, but he does get to go to Latin primary school or whatever for like two years. From the time he was eight to the time he was ten. But, uh, again, his his dad was like, yeah, sorry, I gotta, I can't, I gotta feed these children. I can't send you to school. So, Benjamin Franklin's schooling technically ended, but his learning did not. Why? Well... Benjamin read like an absolute beast. There was no stopping this kid. Uh, he just read everything he could get his hands on. And it turns out that reading tons of books can make you into a legend. School not required. And the lesson here is don't send your kids to school. <laughs> yeah, better well read than dead. Yeah, it's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, oh my god, it's truer than you think. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So he reads lots of books and does normal 10-year-old things until he's 12, at which point he starts doing adult things and starts working for his older brother, James, at a print shop. Aw. Yeah. yeah. You remember I'm... little Benjamin? You employed him way oh, back in the day. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So Overrated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he became an apprentice mm-hmm. uh, to his brother. Um, in the print shop trade, and he learned how to unjam a copier and use movable type. All that kind of shit. Oh, all right. Yeah. (laughs) So the paper that James Franklin ran uh, was known as the New England Current, and Benjamin loved it so much that he asked if he could write a letter to the editor. And his his brother respectfully said, Fuck off, you work here. (laughs) (laughs) I had to put him in his place. Yeah, but Benjamin was smarter than you, so he wrote a letter to the current pretending to be an old woman named Silence Doogood. That was him? Yeah, that was him. Dang it! (laughs) After all these years, I finally found out how he bamboozled me. Yep, yep. Uh. (laughs) You learned the truth. Welcome to to reality. Um, I'm going to unplug you from the Matrix now. (laughs) So yeah, so he sends these letters in. He's pretending to be this woman named Silence Doogood who's like... He basically, like, makes up the story of her life. Like, one of the funny things that I discovered was that, like, Silence Duguid or Benjamin Franklin pretending to be Silence Duguid was like, yeah, so I was born on a literal ship that was coming over to avoid English persecution mm-hmm. of the Puritans. And, like, my dad, like, saw the birth and then he went out on the deck to praise the Lord and he got swept over the side by a giant wave. <laughs> And the whole thing was like, he saw new life and death in the same day. My father was a legend. <laughs> so yeah, Silas Duguid was like an old lady. Mm. Um, and yeah, so Silas Duguid uh, basically makes up shit and criticizes some of the sillier elements of colonial culture at this time period. Sure. The uh, the Americans were, were kind of uncomfortable at this point. They're like, yeah, well, we're not really English. We weren't born on the mainland and, you know... We're following all their rules, but they're not really respecting our shit. And at this point, it wasn't that bad because it was still the new world, right? Yeah. It was just a little bit like, yeah, you're still English, but you're, but you're kind of not. You're colonists, which mm. makes you less than an English citizen. And, and you know, like, 
Yeah. <laughs> it was really stupid. Yeah. Well, when does the support, uh, or when does them taking from you outweigh the support they give you? That's, mm. that's the big question of the day. And when does support stop altogether? Mm. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, we'll get there. So any, anyway, so the uh, Silence Do Good letters were like a huge hit with the uh, readers of the New England Current. Uh, and some lonely dudes actually wrote letters to Silence Do Good asking her to marry them? (laughs) It's basically when a girl's on Twitter or YouTube. Dudes just write in, marry me. (laughs) So I'm just saying Benjamin Franklin was the original catfisher. Um, And he's like, what, 14 at this point? Yeah, he's like 15, 16. Um, Yeah, he's a catfisher in chief. (laughs) Also King of on Instagram. the $100 bill, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so James finds out about Benjamin's little game. Yeah. Um, and Benjamin gets kind of freaked out because it's it's uh, it's essentially fraud. <laughs> <laughs> so he flees to Philadelphia at 17 years old. Hmm. And at the time, it was illegal for someone to leave an apprenticeship without the express permission of the person apprenticing you. Mm-hmm. Or uh, giving you the apprenticeship. So technically, he became a fugitive, but w- it was with his brother, so nothing ever comes of it. Anyway. Sure. And what a lame-ass fugitive he was. <laughs> because in Philadelphia, he just worked in print shops uh, for a little while, and then he gets the grand idea. He's like, ah! I'm pretty good at the print shop shit. Maybe I'll start my own print shop. Mm-hmm. So back in the day, that was like working for Google, Twitter, YouTube, and being like, I'm going to start my own. <laughs> right. And the governor of Pennsylvania hears about, that and he's, hears about this, and he's like, that's a good idea. Um, so he promises to help him buy all the shit he needs in order to start his print shop. Wow. Yeah. Is this governor still around? Uh, we no, could he... really ride that caboose. <laughs> start a new print shop well here's the thing it, you know america is still a colony um mm-hmm. so it doesn't have the industrial backbone um required to like build print shop shit um it's still largely agrarian there's some towns with a little bit of industry but there's no like you know factories yeah, yeah. so in order to do this uh um benjamin franklin realizes he has to go to london to get all the shit he's gonna need <laughs> Okay. Uh, I'm with you, yeah. Okay. London. (laughs) In the meantime, however, he's fallen in love with and is proposing to a girl named Deborah Reed. Mm. It's all well and good, but her mom's like, nah, he's a loser. He kind of sounds like a loser at this point. Yeah, Uh, he's it's kind of nothing. He's a fugitive from the law, failed apprentice, just kind of working in print shops and shit. Mm -hmm. Um, So Deborah Reed... You know, does not marry Benjamin Franklin. She actually goes and marries a guy named John Rogers, hmm. who promptly steals her dowry and fucks off to Barbados, Uh-oh. which was not very cash money of him. Wow, take that, Mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and being, meanwhile, Benjamin is in London crying about Deborah when he learns that the governor no longer thinks that starting another print shop is a good idea. Oh. So he just says, fuck, and just has to pay the bills. So he starts working in another print shop. Uh, all right, uh, sure. <laughs> now, can you mark this? Because I am literally going to barf up flam. <laughs> I got the last of my coffee. I snorted some coke. I think I'm going to be okay. All right, well, sounds like we're back on board. You know what I just realized? That this whole podcast was a mistake, and we're yes. still just dreaming in it because we don't have enough strength to dream in ourselves? Uh, basically. Okay. I also just realized that my uh, my chair squeaks like crazy. Oh, so same it? thing. Yeah, I can't. <laughs>
Well, maybe if you took the mouse out from under the wheel. <sighs> Lars is going to stay under the wheel. I'm sorry. Oh, Lars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Oh, my God. Ho, oh, ho. There's a rant I did not go on with you. Oh, no. Oh, man. Whoa. Yeah. I want it. Okay. It doesn't I have to be now, but it... I'll give it to you. Probably when we stop recording and I call you because I am lonely and sad. <laughs> okay. Well, you got Lars. Yeah. <laughs> well, Lars is not doing so well right uh -oh. now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, <clears throat> so Benjamin Franklin is like working in print shops just to pay the bills in London. And he's like, I guess I got to go back to America now. So he finally saves up enough to go back. Uh, at which point he works as guess, James. Guess what he works as. Uh, um, does he work in a print shop? No. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. I know, it seems so obvious, right? Yeah. No, he just works as a clerk and bookkeeper at some store. How could... Alright, he went from having the most boring job to correcting me and sinking to an even more boring job. Yeah, it's uh, like he went from, like, working at the New York Times to working at Target. <laughs> He's just a uh, clerk now. Um, but when he turned 21, Ben decided to up his game. Mm -hmm. uh, because remember, even though he's just working as a clerk, and even though he's just, you know, bullshitting along to try and survive, he's still, he's still an intellectual. You know, yeah. he's still like, I'm reading all the fucking books! And yeah. he starts this little club called, I think it's pronounced the Junto, the Junto? I don't, I really don't know. And I don't know what it means, but he got the name from somewhere. I think he was, like, drunk one night, and he was like, Arr! Let's make up a word. Junto. Junto. <laughs> Whatever. He didn't know how to pronounce it either. I mean, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so this Junto Junto is like, it's basically like a little discussion group um, where tradesmen and craftsmen in Philadelphia would all get together and share their knowledge. Mm. And their books, because books were expensive as hell back then. Oh, yeah. Uh, you could only buy them at Barnes and Noble, so they obviously were overpriced as hell. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. And they play music with lyrics, so you don't stand around and read. You buy the books and leave. Um, is it, whoa, is that a thing? It's totally a thing. Oh if, wow! That's why you can't. That's why you can't read in Barnes and Noble. They play. Uh, they play music strict, almost strictly with lyrics, uh, so you can't whoa. focus on what you're reading. So whoa. you buy the books and get the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same reason Starbucks started like making their couches and tables really uncomfortable and like wobbly on purpose. Mm. Because uh, they don't want you to hang around. They want you to buy your coffee and leave so more people can come in. Oh, wow. That's that's not even, like, conspiracy shit. That's just, that's just real. That's yeah. what you do. Wow, I am flabbergasted. Well, I mean, it's the same way grocery stores are all laid out the same way. Mm -hmm. They put, like, the milk and eggs at different ends of the store. Go on. The milk, the milk eggs and the shampoo and the soap. It's like, think about your typical Walmart. Soap is at one end, and food is at the other. So you have to cross the store to get both of those necessaries. Oh, and then you see that sunglasses rack, and you're like, Oh, I need yeah. those. You'll notice all the bullshit is in the middle. <laughs> like, all the electronics, they're in the center of the store. So if you're in the back of the store, like, buying some motor oil, and you need to go get some fucking Gatorade, you walk by the electronics, you're like, Oh, fuck, look. There's Mall Cop. I better buy a DVD selection of yeah. Mall Cop. Yeah, that's why the bargain bins are out there in the center, so you walk in. Oh, it's only $2. Mall okay. Cop is not in the bargain bins, all right? Oh, you no. Stop no. being deceitful. 
Lord of the Rings is in the bargain bin. Yeah, because that's Mall a Cop shitty not, movie. Yeah. You know, see, here's the thing. I'm not mm. bullshitting you because I worked in Walmart. That's Lord true. of the Rings was in the bargain bin. Oh, true. Mall Cop was on the shelf. Oh. <laughs> Culture. <laughs> There's hope for America yet. Okay, right. so anyway. The Junto was essentially the first library in the colonies hmm. and eventually employed the actual first American librarian as well. Hmm. Uh, it did actually become a, li a library at a certain point. Wow, back when we had libraries. I know, and people went. So the next thing Franklin did was start up a printing house because fuck the governor. <laughs> He's going to do it anyway. Yeah. And he starts publishing his own newspaper known as the Pennsylvania Gazette. And aside from sharing the news, Benjamin Franklin also used this paper to, uh, to publish his own commentaries and essays on the life in the colonies. Um, and he became really popular because he was basically super positive about life in America. He was like, nice. yeah, he was like all positivity and people were like, oh, fuck, I kind of like this. And people started recognizing him as, as kind of an intellectual because his commentaries were really, really good. Mm -hmm. uh, and people were like, oh, this Benjamin Franklin guy, he's like super cool. And he like signed all of his, uh, his essays from here to the end of his life as Benjamin Franklin printer. Because mm. hmm. um, he was like, yeah, fuck it. Yeah. I'm not a legend. I'm just a printer. But he knew he was a legend, and we'll get to that. But unlike most printers, he actually works. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't have to change his ink. Um, anyway. So what helped him gain popularity was that he was simply a really honest dude. Hmm. And part of his brand was viewing his media as something like a God-given moral duty. Um, in his view, it was his job to tell people the truth about what was going on in the world without mixing it up with bullshit and lies. And, like, he made a big point of this. He was like, yeah, so in England, all the newspapers are owned by the government and they, they like, tell you what to think and that the king is always right. And he was like, nah, I'm just going to tell you what happened to Miss Mabel's cat and I'm not going to fuck around with, like, whether or not Miss Mabel is a loyalist. I'm just going to tell you what happened with the fucking cat and that's going to mm. be my newspaper. Yeah, she cooked it. Yeah. <laughs> it's horrible. Uh, and of course, honesty really frustrated the other newspapers um, because they were really trying to get the whole fake news thing off the ground and they weren't getting any papers sold because they were all like loyalists and shit like that. They were like, the wow. king, the kingdom is amazing and the empire, there's nothing wrong with the empire. We're just oppressing everybody and like, you it's know. good. Yeah, they're all on the payroll of 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 the of the uh, monarchy. So, mm. an independent newspaper just printing the news. Um, yeah, they're like the like Benjamin Franklin made it a thing to not print any political views. It was just like we're just gonna tell the truth about what's going on, and every now and then I'll throw in my opinion, but I'm not gonna like talk about whether or not somebody's a loyalist. You know that kind of shit. Yeah, that yeah. was like a basic standard mode of operation there. No politics, just the news. Oh my god, I. Love this. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. There's no spin. There's nothing. It's just like, this happened and that's a thing and whatever. Wow. Um, Different so times. in 1730, Benjamin became a Freemason because, of course. Yeah. I mean, you, you wouldn't want to be honest if you're not a Freemason. Exactly. You can't be honest unless you're in a secret society. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, yeah, it's like if you want to be a founding father, you gotta be a Freemason. It's basically a rule. There's I've only seen one. National Treasure. Exactly. There's yeah. only one way to build a country, and that's to serve the Illuminati. Amen. <laughs> hey, remember that girl that Benjamin Franklin proposed to? Yeah, I do. 
Deborah? Debbie. Well, Deborah and old Benjamin have set themselves up with a common law marriage. Hmm. Which basically means that they're just acting like a married couple, and even though they didn't have a wedding or anything, they're just, they're technically, after a while, they're legally married. Huh. Um, I did and, that with the yeah, Oh, Jesus. That's fucked up. Oh, God. Oh, it was just legal. Nothing. And after this common law marriage thing happens, I've, I'm sorry to say, the bill has finally arrived for Benjamin Franklin. Oh. And by bill, I mean some four-year-old kid named William. <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, so William is a little bastard child that Benjamin invented with an unknown woman when he was 20. Oh. Yeah, and Benjamin basically was like, at, when he was four, he was like, alright, yeah, this is my kid. And he, he, like, made it public. He's like, yeah, I fucked up, I have a kid. And uh, he, he ended up oh, raising boy. him. Yeah, well, that's good. And they, they worked together for a while. Um, however, William Franklin would lo later on go to be a filthy loyalist in the American Revolution. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> And he would also father a bastard son, who he would Whoa. also name William. <laughs> and that's enough about that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you build yourself. So, in 1733, Benjamin Franklin started a podcast uh, called Poor hmm. Richard's Almanac, hmm. uh, which it, it was a podcast, but it took the unusual form of actually being a printed book. Oh, sure. And this Amateur. podcast, I mean, book was basically just a book of wisdom, weather forecasts, little games, and more. Oh, nice! Uh, and it was also a place for Benny Boy to share his views and shit like that. Because mm -hmm. he couldn't, he it wasn't, he didn't want to, you know, basically populate his newspaper with, you know, his views entirely. So the almanac well, right. was, yeah, you yeah, it was play to your strengths exactly. Yeah, so. It, it was super popular, you know, because it had everything. It was like, hey, you want some Sudoku? Okay, buy a copy. <laughs> you want the forecast? Okay, buy a copy. And you want some wisdom? Here you go, you know. Wow. And in the uh, the rising uh, the rising new order in the new world, like wisdom and and weather forecasts and shit that was like native to the colonies and wasn't like yeah. straight from England. It wasn't like imported. Like, oh, the king did this amazing thing today. <laughs> it was like. Yeah, it's going to rain next week, so you might want to get an umbrella. You know, <laughs> yeah. it wasn't about like, look at London, what it's doing now, and we've colonized... It was like, this is America's, you know, book. This is, mm -hmm. this is us, right? So you want that shit. Yeah. So it was super popular and sold like 10,000 copies a year um, and would for over 20 years until it came to an end. Wow, that's over 2,000 copies. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> One of the many things that Benjamin Franklin wrote about a lot was frugality and hard work. Hmm. And through his almanac, Franklin sowed such American classic wisdoms like, no pain, no gain. All right. I mean, that's that's me paraphrasing. It was basically like, yeah, if you don't work hard, you're, you're basically not going to get anywhere. My soccer coach told me that. Yeah. Uh, and then I stubbed my toe on the soccer ball. And I never went back to soccer practice. <laughs> I went to one practice. That's Are you serious? I'm dead serious. <laughs> I thought you were making that shit up. No. <laughs> it, I, I, I stubbed my toe and then I like twisted my ankle. And my dad picked me up and he was like, so how was practice? And I started crying and I was like, I never want to go back. And, Man, it's yeah. hard being 18. Uh, it really <laughs> is. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I yeah, didn't even get the scholarship. <laughs> Robbed. How do you stub your toe on a soccer ball? It's like I, the you softest. Know, let's, thing. let's just move on. It's, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I had gain, but or I had pain, but no gain. So 
Franklin's a fraud. <laughs> I mean, I gained weight. I guess oh. I guess that makes sense. Never mind. I take back my prior statement. Franklin <laughs> is a prophet. So we got we got some more wisdom. Mm-hmm. I'm going to share all this with you. Lay it on me. Uh, a life of leisure and a life of laziness are two things. Two, uh, is he implying two different things? Yes, two different things. Ah, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember, this is old-timey writing, so there's there's implied words in here and shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's basically saying, like, and he, he modeled this for himself. Like, once he got his print shop going, he was like, all right, somebody else is going to run this. I'm just going to collect and yeah. explore and do my own shit. Um, he also coined the phrase, early to bed, early to rise, makes a man healthy, wealthy, and wise. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got that, that came... tattooed on my ass. Yeah, see, you forget, you forget, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> you forget these things, like, came from American idealists. Like, Benjamin mm. Franklin was the, the starstruck dreamer um, that personified the early days of the American way, right? Mm, yeah. Which would later be corrupted again and again and again uh, throughout the existence of America turned into bastardizations. And we'll talk about that at the end. But just remember that everyone who says the founding fathers believe this, like these days, they're fucking lying. Mm. Every person, I mean, I mean it too. Cause like you look, listen to someone on the media who's like, this is against the founding fathers. And oh my God, the founding fathers will be spinning in their grave. They're fucking idiots. And they're lying because the shit that the founding fathers believe, you can read it all. Um, and we'll talk about it later. They all disagreed on everything except for one thing. You had to work hard and be a good person in order for America to work. Hmm. Period. That was the bottom line. They all disagreed. They're like, oh, we need to have programs here and we need to do this. At the bottom of it all, they were like, you have to be virtuous and you have to work hard. That's all it takes to be an American. Now, I've seen Hamilton <laughs> and my understanding of this is totally different. Oh? Oh? I don't actually know. <laughs> <laughs> Just go on. Yeah, no, people are fucking with the Founding Fathers. You can go read their shit. They're like the most woke people you've ever read. They're like, yep, it's really simple. You just have to work hard and not be an idiot. So anyway, uh, and that's why it was. That's why there's so much Roman symbology in, in shit like that. They were like, they were idealizing Roman culture. They were like, these were people who at one point before they became corrupted were seeking wisdom and reading the ancients and, you know, worshipping the gods with fervor. You know, they were, like, they were like, yes, all it takes to be a good country is to have a virtuous people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were fucking right. But anyway, so <clears throat> I'm going to talk about my personal favorite um, that out of Poor Richard's Almanac, which is called For Want of a Nail. And it goes like this. For want of a nail, the shoe was lost. For want of a shoe, the horse was lost. For want of a horse, the rider was lost. For want of a rider, the message was lost. For want of a message, the battle was lost. For want of a battle, the kingdom was lost. And all for the want of a horseshoe nail. He just nails it there. Yep. (laughs) Well, his whole thing, like I said, was like basically building yourself up to be a good person. And he's saying, yeah, the little things matter. Yeah. You're like, you're a nail for a horse. And if you don't, if you don't nail that horse, (laughs) oh my God, (laughs) fucking hell. All right. If you don't nail yourself to that shoe, to that horse's hoof or whatever, like you could lose the entire world. Mm. And that was, that was the, uh, that was like one of his core beliefs. So anyway, one of the things that did not happen uh, was that Benjamin Franklin did not invent daylight savings time. Hmm. 
Yeah, seriously, it wasn't him. He well, actually the reason people attributed him is was he wrote a joke about it. Okay. Um, it was this satirical piece, um, and he was saying like if if we implemented something like daylight savings time, it would just save so much time. Um, and he was like mostly kidding. He was like, yeah, like it wouldn't it be funny if we <laughs> fucked with people's heads twice a year? Yeah. <laughs> And it wasn't until like a hundred years later that some joker named George Vernon Hudson would propose it. it. Um, and we all know how that ended. Yeah. With people oversleeping. World War and... II. <laughs> <laughs> literally. Okay. Not, not literally. I'm just joking around. But I was being satirical like Benjamin Franklin. I learned from <laughs> this man. So aside from being a killer writer and publisher, uh, Benjamin Franklin was also a catheter inventor. Hmm. Yes, he invented a flexible catheter, which uh, is great right. because imagine a non-flexible catheter. <laughs> uh, and he also had inventions like the lightning rod, bifocals, and a primitive battery. Jeez. Um, and, of course, he had his famous kite experiment, which I actually did not understand until I went and read about it. Mm -hmm. um, he, he wrote about this uh, in a, an account in his newspaper in which he refers to storm clouds as thunder gusts. <laughs> <laughs> words uh -huh. were different back then it was like yeah. when you see a thunder gust going launch the kite um and this yeah. so his experiment basically involved flying a kite through a cloud with a key attached to a string um which then runs to what's called a laden jar uh which That's literally my parents called me <laughs> a laden jar yeah. a laden jar is like it literally stores a high voltage electrical charge hmm um, and it like glows and shit. Um, wow. and you could, so you could use it in other experiments that required electricity. Um, and at the time people didn't really realize that electricity and lightning were the same thing. Believe it or not. They didn't, they didn't mm -hmm. know that. They were just like, oh, there's lightning from Zeus. And then there's this weird buzzing thing that happens when I rub two pieces of cloth together or something. Yeah. They didn't realize it was all the same thing. And part of Benjamin Franklin's experiment was to prove that it was all the same thing. Mm. So the kite experiment was very dangerous because Benjamin Franklin was, uh, you know, literally gathering electricity from the clouds and just praying that the lightning wouldn't actually strike the kite. <laughs> because if it had been struck by lightning, Benjamin Franklin would have been exploded into a rain of red, white, and blue. I mean, oh, oh. yeah, prematurely. Wow. Like, that wouldn't be good. Because, you know, he's just Prematurely? Gathering... <laughs> Later on, it's okay? We'll get there. <laughs> oh, okay. So, speaking of getting fried, you should have seen Philadelphia in the 1700s. Oh, no. Where, where are we going with this? Houses were just exploding everywhere. Like, every time oh. a lightning storm rolled in, you could bet your ass that at least one house was going to get struck by lightning and burst into flames. Okay. And Benjamin saw this problem. And, not only, and he invented a fire department just to counteract this. Hmm. Um... Like, the first real fire brigade was Benjamin Franklin, like, okay, lightning's a real problem. We gotta save these houses. But he was also, like, trying to figure out how to, like, stop lightning. And when he was flying his kite in the clouds, he was like, oh, what if I just stuck a metal rod up here and guided the current instead of into a jar, just into the fucking ground? <laughs> um, and since he's figured out the mysteries of lightning and proved that lightning and electric electricity were the same thing, this is how he came up with the idea of a lightning rod. Just stuck a pointy metal spike on the highest point of the houses uh, to guide the lightning down to the ground. Um, yeah. And this this saved Philadelphia from frying every time there was a thunderstorm. Keeps the pterodactyls from perching, too. That, too. <laughs> 
lot of problems. Yeah. And nearly blowing himself up uh, with lightning wasn't the only thing Benjamin Franklin used kites for. He also used kites as a, mean of, uh, as a means of pulling ships for short distances. Oh, wow. And people. Um, like, he proposed an idea. He's like, yeah, if you want to get across the harbor, just tie a kite to your neck and let it drag you. <laughs> okay. Okay, not to your neck. But he was like, yeah, this, is, this could be a means of transport. He was experimenting. I mean... He's a scientific kind of guy. He's always coming up yeah. with crazy shit. Um, yeah, so other people used the idea. He never actually pulled a ship with a kite, but other people did, apparently. So Right. Anyway, so here's some of the bad news, because, you know, you can't you can't portray this guy perfectly, right? Or, yeah. I should say, you can't portray him as a perfect dude. Uh, so in the 17... Late 1730s, into the 40s, 50s, uh, Franklin owned slaves. Hmm. In both his home and his print shop. Um, okay. But here's the good news, okay? I know that sounds really horrible. Um, the good news is, since his views on the importance of virtue and wisdom continued to change, he ended up finding himself way the fuck ahead of the times. Yeah. yeah. Uh, while most of America was still cool with the whole slave-owning thing, Benjamin Franklin began right. to not see it only as a moral failure. But as he got to know his slaves and as he saw the industry that was coming up around it, he was like, hey... We have to stop this right now. Hmm. Like, hmm. eventually, he like he saw it as a strictly, like, inherently evil institution that had to be stamped out, or it would destroy America. Um, because, nice. like, he bought into it. He was like, "All right, people are buying slaves. Like, I guess I'll do it." And yeah. And then after a while, he was like, "Oh fuck, this is like super wrong. It has to go." Um, hmm. So he freed all of his slaves in the 1760s. Wow. Uh, and became like a vehement uh, opposer of slavery of all forms. Wow, that that's um, really neat, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, because like huh. the popular thing was like, oh, it's popular to own some slaves. And Benjamin Franklin's like, okay, I guess I'll do. It. All right, wait, 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 wait. As he went along, he was like, oh shit, oh my god, this is horrible. And then he started right. fighting against it. Hmm. And that that's that's something that's uh, that's part of his character that I started to notice as I was reading about him. Um, when he realizes he's fucked up, he makes it right. Mm. Uh, yeah. And it's a huge part of his philosophical beliefs. He be Benjamin Franklin believed that, the, like I said, the only way for a country or nation to survive was if its people were virtuous and open to admitting their wrongs. Um, yeah. It wasn't about being religious. It wasn't about being like, oh, I'm so good. Look, I never do anything wrong. It was like, I'm doing my best. And when I fuck up, I make it right. Right? Yeah. And yeah. it shows up in all of his writings. And we haven't talked about the sex stuff yet, but we will. We will. Uh, Good. Because everybody's like, oh my God, he's such a womanizer. It's like, yeah. But that's not all he was. <laughs> <laughs> I read on crack that Benjamin Franklin was a womanizer. Yeah, he was also the coolest guy to ever live in the United States. <laughs> so, uh, anyway. Go what? on. Go no, on. I need, you to, I need you to say some shit because I'm just ranting right now. So, Aaron, mm. tell me. Yes. If you could give Benjamin Franklin a high five, would you do it with your right hand or your left hand? Right hand. Perfect. Okay, so what? moving on with Benjamin Franklin. <laughs> <coughs> How are you doing, buddy? <laughs> Can you mark that? Yeah. I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. Wide awake and sick as a dog. I can't wait to take a hot shower and get my na my nasals, my sinuses cleared up. Oh, Yeah. Mm. That's that's the good stuff. All right, so <clears throat> let's talk about other cool things that Benjamin Franklin did. Okay, sure. Yeah. So he he invented the pros and cons list, hmm. 
when he had to make a decision, he would draw a line down the middle of a page, write pros and cons on either side. But he wouldn't just do it like, all right, what's a pro of buying a DVD? It was like, what are the pros of starting a nation that <laughs> embodies <laughs> all of the principles of liberty and and peace? Um, and he would, but he would, his pros and cons lists, he would develop for like weeks. He would just have oh, them wow. sitting on his table and he'd be like, I slept on it and I realized that doing this for the country would be bad. Hmm. And he'd write down a con, you know. Um, but he also invented something called uh, the glass harmonica. Okay. Which, I don't know if you ever heard of it. Have you, have you ever heard it? Uh, I have not. Okay. So it's just this wacky instrument. It consists of a bunch of glass bowls all stacked up horizontally. It's really hard to explain. Basically, okay. it's this. You know how when you dip your finger in some water and run around the rim of glass to make a musical yeah. note? Yeah. Yeah, it's the same concept, except all these things are like rotating at the same time on like a rack. Mm -hmm. Um, And you like dip your fingers in water and somebody rotates it, or if it's automated, it rotates itself. And you just, you play it like a piano. Hmm. You know, you know that sound like you... What? Yeah. Yeah, like that. Yeah. No, it sound, what it sounds like is like that... That Okay, imagine like a, like a circus or a mm -hmm. fair. That yeah. Doo -doo 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 -doo. That, that's what a glass harmonica sounds like. So the sound it makes is like really, really cool. Um, and Beethoven liked it so much that he actually wrote music for the glass harmonica. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. It didn't really take off, but, well, not like a piano or a harpsichord or anything like that. It was, but people were like, oh, this, this shit's kind of cool. Sure. Um, so, yeah. But aside from being an inventor and a genius, Benjamin Franklin also did some things with politics. You might be interested to know. Um, because, you know, he, he was a statesman. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. A little bit involved with the founding of America. Uh, but I'm really going to blow through that shit because fuck politics. Uh, and Benjamin Franklin was of the same mind. He was like, it's a necessary evil. Um, he, it, it was mostly focused on like being a virtuous person and spreading wisdom and shit like that. Um, but for what it's worth though, Benjamin Franklin, like I said, he appears to have been a no bullshit politician. Far as I can tell, hmm. he, he worked on education. He came up with plans for infrastructure in America he started, helped start the first hospital in the colonies. That's, um, that's good. <laughs> he was involved in the creation of Columbia University, which was then called King's College. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, just think about all that shit. He was like, plant, yeah. he's like, all right, so when this we start the- This is a busy man. This is a busy fucking dude, and we'll get to that later. But anyway, so, like, think about it. Like, he's like, all right, we're going to start a, we're going to start a nation, and we need our people to be educated in not only literature, history, philosophy- mathematics, science, we need them to know virtue. He's like, he's coming up with this plan for like how we're going to make like a, a new generation of people that aren't going to be fucked over by the monarchy, that are going to yeah. be free to learn whatever they want. And he's like, can you believe, like you can imagine, his, his imagination is just going crazy. He's like, he's looking at it, he's like, wow, what if we didn't live in a colony that was like literally interested in invading more area, more land, you know, fighting the French and the Indians and the French and Indian War, right? Like, what if we had a nation of our own where we just like made good people? <laughs> yeah. That was his whole They're thing. He was like, we got to have a hospital, we got to have infrastructure, we got to have, we got to have a fucking college. He's just like starting it all. Wow. And that's why I love him. Like, he's a busy boy. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's and, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go, well, it's just him building the building box blocks that he's using are the most basic, just like hospitals, education, uh, a book of proverbs, things that yeah. will improve the people instead of like a top-down approach. 
Yeah, he's he. See, that's the difference between him and the in the in the uh, British Empire. Is like they're just interested in conquering and having power and fucking people over. And he's like, no, no, we're gonna make the best people we can, and it's gonna yeah. need a hospital and it's gonna need colleges and we're gonna do it. And it's like, God, this guy was like such so positive. <laughs> oh, and I love I it just, too because it. It's not, oh, every, things are going wrong. We need a different king who will do things better. It's, oh, things yeah. are going wrong. So you and I need to step up our game. <laughs> yes. Yes. He's Ugh. like, oh, yeah, so uh, the British Empire is fucked because it's interested in colonizing. We know how that ends. It ends with the fall of an empire. He's like, how about instead of building an empire, we build a nation and we just make it good. And like, well, anyway, we'll get we'll get to all that later. But. The whole world is recognizing it. He, I'm telling you, he's getting like honorary honorary doctorates from Yale and Harvard and 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 Oxford and like it just everyone's like this guy's a genius. Hmm. Um, and and for about 20 years, he ended up working in London a lot, um, basically lobbying on behalf of the colonies to the English rulers. You know, just nice. saying like, hey guys, like, hey, we're gonna start a college, and they're like, no, and he's like, I, I'm gonna do it anyway, and they're like. They're like, we want to tax you. He's like, no, that's not cool. And he fought it. And of course, he lost a lot because it's the fucking empire. Hmm. Um, and he's from a colony and not the mainland. So for some reason, they see him as lower. Um, and he's and he's and he just can't stop. He's like starting all these movements in little societies in coffee shops. Hmm. Like in London, he started several societies that were like all about reading literature and developing virtue and like learning your history and like becoming a good person and like believe it or not all the scientists and the philosophers and all the bigwigs who are actually after good shit and aren't interested in just like I want to have more colonies like they're like oh my god we gotta support this guy they're like yeah. they're like inviting him to their house they're putting him up for for weeks months at a time they're, they want to know everything about him like cause he was he was the wokest fucking dude in the British Empire at the time wow so anyway, uh, one of the people he actually met on his tour was uh, a guy by the name of Lord Hillsborough of Ireland. Mm -hmm. um, and this guy put him up for a couple of months, just like all the other cool dudes. And he's like, I want you to see what the British do to their colonies. So oh, Benjamin wow. Franklin, <laughs> yeah, Benjamin Franklin goes to Ireland and he starts to notice something. Uh -huh. Because again, Ireland was under the influence of British colonizers. And they were a perfect picture of what the British Empire did to the people it colonized. Jesus. Uh, even people from the islands, right? Like, we think of the UK now. Well, they're, all, they're all, like, the same people. Not not back then. Mm -mm. <laughs> the the British were were brutal to the people that they that they colonized, including the Irish, who were from the, Ireland, uh, from the islands. Um, and Benjamin Franklin's, like, looking around. He's like, these people are fucking poor, and they're starving. And they're, like, literally living in the mud poor. Um, the place was just strangled by taxes and regulations. Uh, and the people were, of course, seen as subhuman because back then the British were like British supremacists. Yeah. You know, Britannia rules the world. Like, they really thought that. Um, so they were like, all right, so the Irish are like, they're, they're fucking idiots and we can like tax them for all they're worth. And the Irish are just like, oh God, there's nothing we can do. Uh, we covered some of this in our Liam Lynch episode. Um, right, right. You know, the British, like, they just fucked uh, Ireland over for hundreds of years. And, you know, Benjamin Franklin seeing this, he's like, we uh, we can't have this. And no. while he's in Dublin, uh, some poor fucker comes out of an alley, sneaks up to Benjamin Franklin and mutters quietly, This could be America. This could be your homeland. Don't let the British do to you what they've done to us. 
Oh, wow. And then the guy vanishes into a cloud of smoke and a light bulb appears above Fra Benjamin Franklin's head. Well, weird. What if British? Sure. What? What? Sorry. No, go what? ahead. No, the, no, I'm just talking a lot. Dublin experience. Yeah. <laughs> so what if the British, he thinks to himself, what if the British were to do to America what they're already doing to Ireland, what they're already doing to all their colonies around the world? Like, what if perhaps the wealthy rulers and the aristocracy in Britain didn't actually give a damn about the well-being of their people so long as they got their gilded carriages and suckling pigs? All right? Like, they, he's seeing it all. He's like, oh, shit. Oh, God. Like, it's just you know, an he, earlier he's stage. Becoming, <laughs> Yeah, we're in we're in the early stages. Like we're complaining about a stamp tax right now, but look at the Irish. Mm. They're living in the oh. mud. Mm. So I made up the guy coming out of the alley, but like it's a good <laughs> picture of basically what he learned, right? Like was yeah. just like this is and I love this because I didn't I didn't know like his trip to Ireland was the thing that made him go, "Oh god, oh fuck, we have to do something now." Right. Um and this is when Benjamin Franklin began began to become radicalized. Uh, and that's that's the actual word for it because and you know it was in the reading I was doing too he was like radicalized against the monarchy he was like this ain't right and it's gotta go and we'll start a war and it doesn't matter like <laughs> yeah. how many people have to die we can't let this happen mm. and then he met the king of France so that's cool <laughs> okay it's, it's vaguely related because around this time well, there's this thing going what? well yeah add he's, something he's me <laughs> He's meeting with all these important dudes all over Western Europe, so it makes sense that, sure, the king of France would be like, hey, what's going on? I want to have him over for dinner. Yeah. And he's like, well, we'll get to it. Anyway, so there was this thing going on at the time called the French and Indian War, which was a conflict mm. in which the British colonists were fighting against, you guessed it, the French and the majority of the natives. Mm -hmm. um, some natives sided with the British, but probably, I don't actually know the, the uh, part. There were natives the most, on both most, sides. Yeah. yeah, but most of them were with the French. And I won't get into it, but basically the British wanted to introduce a new tax onto the Americans to help pay for this war, which is bullshit, uh, because the American settlers uh, just kind of wanted to farm the land they had. They were like, yeah, we're, we're like building something new and cool over here, and Britain's like, invade, 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 we gotta have it all, oh my god, like, world domination, you know? Right. Um, and well, the, the I people were just, go ahead. Well, I know, and the British Crown, they, they justified this tax of, by saying, well, hey, we protected you during the French and Indian War, you have to pay us for it. And yeah. the Americans were like, well, what, what would happen if you didn't protect us? Well, you'd be under French rule! Well, will they tax us less? That, I mean, <laughs> no, sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not all um, Americans, of course, but a lot of them. <laughs> right, but you just have—I mean, just have to remember there. You know, this is a new generation of people born away from the mainland. All they know is America, uh, and they're—they're they're building something beautiful, and everything's kind of going well. And you know, they're actually kind of getting along with the natives just a little bit. I mean, there's some raids going on, but they're—they're they're starting to form like uh, almost—I I guess the word is uh, what's the word? Like benefit—they're benefiting one another. At this point, sure. uh, for the for the most part, I mean, there's obviously raids and, and yeah. there's wars and right. shit. Don't get me wrong, but they're they're starting to work it out. And the British Empire is like, push, push, push. We got to get more. Ro you know, fuck them over. We get we got to get more land. Um, it wasn't perfect, but they weren't at war. Yeah. Um, and on top of it, the war wasn't even about the natives. It was about the French and the British who were pissed about who had what land and what was being For done to sure. the land. Well, and this was part of a much larger war between the French and the British. It, oh yeah. It was they were the people causing all the problems. Yeah, yeah. 
So Benjamin Franklin's just looking at all this shit, and he's like, look, all right, Britain, we already provided you with 25,000 armed and trained soldiers to fight your cause. I don't think we're going to pay that tax. Mm-hmm. And so things are really heating up in the 1760s, and there's this thing that happens called uh, Pontiac's Rebellion. Okay. And this is a conflict being waged by a group of people called the Paxton Boys, uh, who were pissed at the Pennsylvania government because, one, it was being managed by someone who didn't even fucking live there. And two, the person who was not living there wasn't doing anything to protect the colonists from native raids, uh, which you may already know is it was a big deal um, back sure. then. Uh, there were people, you know, some. So it wasn't like you know, eh, we're all getting along. Let's have Thanksgiving. There, were, there were some. No, <laughs> there were some natives <laughs> who were like, "This is fucking scary. We need to like defend our nation." <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so these these Paxton boys do the sensible thing and attack a peaceful tribe known as, known as the Susquehannock. And they oh. murder a bunch of them. Oh, God. And then they head to Philadelphia to start shit. And Benjamin oh. Franklin was there and saw what was coming. So he banded together a militia to take on the Paxton boys. And in the meantime, like after assembling the militia, like, okay, guys, like we're going to have to fight off these racist fuckers. Um, <laughs> because that's really literally what it was. Um, he went out to meet with the Paxtons to talk with them and like, hey, guys, like stop it. And he used his persuasion plus five bonus from his enchanted trousers, and he oh. got these. He got the murderers to back the fuck off. All right. And so, what did he do after this? Well, he published a written denouncement of the absolutely horrendously, unbelievably shitty logic of the Paxton boys, <laughs> um, saying that basically, if they had a grief with some of the natives, they ought to solve their their problem with those natives. But attacking random natives and starting a revolt based on literally just native or not native was super not okay and was mega stupid. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, you call yeah. him out for that shit. <laughs> he called him out for the racial prejudice that it was. I'm telling you, Benjamin Franklin was ahead of his time. Right. By so far. I, like, he was he was from the future. Like, Probably. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, he's an alien. That's You heard it here first, folks. Benjamin Franklin was a fucking alien. Um, hold on, I think my phone just went off. Never mind. Off to okay. party? Oh, God. But you know what's all, you know, this is all very small potatoes compared to what's coming back next, you know. A larger because potato. do you know what? Yeah, yeah, mega potato. Potato famine. I don't know. Uh, because do you know what? Do you know what time it is, James? Do you know what time it is? I don't. It's time for the American Revolutionary <laughs> War. <laughs> oh, no. I hate that you can't scream in your new apartment, but I also understand it. Yeah, uh, my neighbors are really nice, and they have small children, and they nap. Uh, the mother naps at this point, and I am oh. not going to to scream. Yeah, she yeah. has so little peace as it is. Yeah, to hear some idiot screaming through her wall. <laughs> About the yeah. American Revolutionary War. <laughs> See, I'm lucky, because all my neighbors are constantly screaming at each other. No, yeah, well, that's there's Texas. This, there's this... There's this woman who I can never understand a damn thing she says, but every now and then she just yells at her husband or boyfriend or whatever. And she sounds like she's been smoking for 60 straight years. And it's just like... And then it was quiet for a second. And then then you can hear it. It's like at the top of her lungs. Like, Jesus, woman. Quiet the fuck down. That lives next to you? Literally. Old smoking turkey. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so we finally arrived at the Revolutionary War. 
And I feel I feel bad because I'm not really going to give a fuller context to this. This is really this is not about the Revolutionary War, and Benjamin Franklin was not as involved as somebody like you know George Washington. Sure, um, we'll, we'll cover it in a, a different episode. Like yeah, we'll, we'll talk more about the American Revolution at another point, but we're going to focus on Benjamin Franklin's you know main achievements and shit. And I went out of my way to like find out like how he was involved and shit, and he just wasn't involved that much. Mm-hmm. He was he was in leadership. He was involved. He wasn't fighting the war, he was building the country. Let's just put it that way. Uh, He was a big fucking deal in this thing, Um, but he was more like the chief propagandist than an actual war fighter. He owned a huge number of printing businesses, and he was printing all the revolutionary shit he could, but also it wasn't like the French Revolution where it was like, overthrow the monarchy! It was like, build your fucking nation! Yeah. Do your shit! And then the other weird thing about the American Revolution is it was not a popular idea about... Uh, the way I, I've had it explained to me is about a third of the American population was for the revolution, about a third of the population was loyalist, and then about a third of the population just didn't give a rat's ass. Yeah. So y- a guy with this much press, he Benjamin Franklin, he had to be spurning out these propaganda leaflets and whatnot just to try and convince more people to join the movement because they didn't have enough. Well, that's so interesting because that's a lot like elections. It's like a third of the population just does not give a fuck. They just want to go to work, earn their cash, and come home. Uh, But, you know, if you push them far enough, if you, you know, keep fucking with them, they're going to eventually be like, hey, back off. Like, Jesus, let me work. God damn it. (laughs) Yeah. You know? So, uh, anyway, so you've got battles breaking out, and the Americans were seeing that these fearsome British soldiers could actually be defeated. Um, it started to, it started to show that the big scary empire had holes in it. People were just like, oh, hey, Britannia doesn't rule the world. (laughs) And this was a major turning point in the big scary British empire narrative. I mean, after the Revolutionary War, the British Empire just, like, started, like, disbanding and falling apart decolonizing. I mean, it didn't happen quickly, but the illusion was broken. The spell was broken of, of British supremacy, essentially. Um, it became visible that they were that they owned a lot of land, but they didn't have the people to fight for it, and that they had very little populator with native populations because, you know, they treated them the same way they treated the Irish, like, lick the boots or we'll kick your ass. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, you, if you don't have native support in your colonies, like, all it takes is for one person to go, nah! <laughs> and then, yeah. unless you're... Well, we'll get into that later. Okay. Okay. It turns out that forcing people to do shit uh, they don't want to do at gunpoint or potato point, if you're in Ireland, almost never works in the long run. And Benjamin Franklin, at 81 years of age, saw the writing on the wall. And that's why he was appointed to help draft the Declaration of Independence. Mm. Um, and, of course, he gladly accepted this duty and saying as he signed the document, We must indeed all hang together, or most assuredly we shall all hang separately. Oh, wow. Yeah. And what that means is quite simply that if he and the Continental Congress didn't stand up to this now and risk annihilation, they would eventually wither away into another slave state under British rule. Hmm. Because that's what empires do. Um, And when the war really began to take off in 1776, uh, Franklin was sent to France as the new United States ambassador to France. And he was, of course, instrumental in securing an alliance with the French and would later go on to aid France in instating the rights of non-Catholics to openly practice their faith 10 years later. Uh, Mm -hmm. 
because it was still a thing in France that if you were uh, a non-Catholic, you could you know be punished essentially. Yeah, right. Religious freedom. Mm-hmm. So back in the states, uh, Benjamin Franklin was second only to George Washington. Uh, wow. In fact, at this yeah exactly at this time in history, <laughs> Benjamin Franklin was the most famous American in the world. Huh. Uh, he, he was a, he was like an absolutely like real and. Uh, I, he was a symbol of true patriotism, which was a growing thing. Um, yeah. People were like, hey, maybe it's not about the monarchy. Maybe it's about the country. Maybe it's about the people. Yeah. Oh, yeah, maybe maybe it is about us being virtuous and, and doing well instead of just serving the king. Maybe we don't have to be slaves. Um, <clears throat> and so he was also a picture. Yeah, he's basically Tom Cruise with the Church of Scientology. Except, yeah. Yeah, he's, it's for yeah. America. He's yeah. Tom Cruise. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but it's like, think about it. Okay, so we're used to independence or whatever, or an illusion of it these days. Like, we're just like, oh, freedom and democracy, it's like the most important thing. But for like, you know, thousands of years, it wasn't that way. It was like, your king tells you what to do, and then you do it. And if you don't, he will kill you. And now it's like, hey, how about you choose to be virtuous, and we can do a country together? Yeah, you know, and we'll all be all of us as virtuous and and independent individuals will come together and like vote on the best of us to run things. Mm. Um, and this is like this is totally revolutionary. It's like, and Benjamin Franklin was just a picture of a man who was always changing and growing. He was always learning. And just like the slavery issue, when Benjamin Franklin saw that the British monarchy only cared about lining its pockets and fighting stupid wars for more land, he became an absolutely unstoppable opponent against British rule. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, he was never president of the United States. A lot of people <laughs> think right. Franklin was a president. I just no. want to make that clear. He was never president of the United States, even though he he might have been perfect. Yeah. Um, you know. <laughs> but here's it's kind of sad. But here's where our story draws to a close. Um, mm. And I'm going to kind of skip over the Revolutionary War because we know how that turned out. The Americans fought the Revolutionary War, won, and the United States became a thing. Hooray! And during the war, Benjamin. Yeah. During the war, Benjamin Franklin continued his diplomacy and his involvement as a writer and influencer. And and that was his that was his job. He was like he was an influential man. He wasn't necessarily like a, a commander. He wasn't, you know, an, a, a general. He was just an influencer. He was like, all my papers are telling you to do good shit and be a good person. And that's good enough for me. I want people to be virtuous and happy. Yeah. Um. And post-war, the Constitutional Convention met in Philadelphia to draw up the United States Constitution, uh, which was a document, of course, forged by the brightest minds in America at the time. And here's the thing. It's like people who go, oh, the Constitution was the most perfect document ever. Benjamin Franklin would disagree with you. Yeah. Uh, He was always a bit of a skeptic, and he did have the following to say about the Constitution once it was finally time for everyone to sign. And so I have this speech here that Benjamin Franklin... uh, gave nice. as you know regarding the signing and i just want to read it and i want i really okay just think about it i want you to think about this in the context of how politicians speak today mm. and what they're talking about and what they're offering versus what a man like benjamin franklin said after a hard won war with the biggest scariest empire in the world um it was a monumental amount of bloodshed and conflict and it was a time when a new thing was being established and dreamers like benjamin franklin had their chance to bring in the dawn of a new age So this is his address to uh, people regarding the perfection of this document and such. All right. It's a little bit, it's a little bit lengthy, but I'm going to read it because I think it's important to hear some of his own words, you know, not just me talking about how amazing he is. 
<laughs> so he said, yeah, I know. Because like usually I like to rag on people, but Benjamin Franklin, I was re- as I was reading about him, I'm like, this guy's so awesome. So anyway, <clears throat> here's his speech. I think a general government necessary for us, and there is no form of government but what may be a blessing to the people, if well administered. And I believe further that this is likely to be well administered for a course of years and can only end in despotism as other forms have done before it. When the people shall become so corrupted as to need a despotic government, being incapable of any other. I doubt, too, whether any other convention we can obtain may be able to make a better constitution. For when you assemble a number of men to have the advantage of their joint wisdom, you inevitably assemble with those men all their prejudices, their passions, their errors of opinion, their local interests, and their selfish view. From such an assembly, can can a perfect production be expected? It therefore astonishes me, sir, to find this system approaching so near perfection as it does, and I think it will astonish our enemies, who are waiting with confidence to hear that our councils are confounded like those of the builders of Babel, that our states are on the point of separation only to meet hereafter for the purpose of cutting one another's throats. Thus I consent, sir, to this constitution because I expect no better, because I am not sure that it is not the best." The opinions I have had of its errors I sacrificed to the public good. I have never whispered a syllable of them abroad. Within these walls they were born, and here they shall die. And every one of us, in returning to our constituents, were to report, if every one of us, uh, in in returning to our constituents, were to report the objections he has had to it and endeavor to gain partisans in support of them, we might prevent its being generally received, and therefore lose all the salutary effects and great advantages resulting naturally in our favor among nations, among foreign nations as well as among ourselves, from our real or apparent unanimity. Much of the strength and efficiency of any government in procuring and securing happiness to the people depends on opinion, on the general opinion of the goodness of the government, as well as well as the wisdom and integrity of its governors. I hope, therefore, that for our own sakes as a part of the people, and for the sake of posterity, we shall act heartily and unanimously in recommending this Constitution, if approved by Congress and confirmed by the conventions, wherever our influence may extend and turn our future thoughts and endeavors to the means of having it well administered. On the whole, sir, I cannot help expressing a wish that every member of the convention who may still have objections to it would, with me, on this occasion, doubt a little of his own infallibility, and to make manifest our unanimity, put his name to this instrument. And that's it. Wow. Dude, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> he's like, it's not perfect. It's probably going to end in despotism, but we have a shot and we have to try. Wow. It's like, fuck, dude, that guy was on another level. He was it's speaking. time to barbecue. What? <laughs> it's time to start a barbecue. Yeah. Like, I'm just feeling so American right now. Right? Like, yeah. All, all it takes is just, is just one guy going, hey, remember, we're not perfect, but we can still try. Mm. And it just speaks these words of power. It's amazing. It's really amazing. So... I'm going to continue whacking off to Benjamin Franklin for just a little bit more. <laughs> okay. uh, so from 1785 to 1787, Benjamin Franklin served as the president of the Council of Pennsylvania. It was indeed to be his last role on this green earth. <clears throat> About two weeks before Benjamin Franklin would go up to that great American flag in the sky, he came down with a high fever. Hmm. It was discovered that he had a massive abscess in his lungs, which basically got so big that he couldn't breathe. Oh, God. Yeah, and so he died in his sleep mid-April 1790 at 84. 20,000 people attended his funeral. <laughs> Jeez. That was almost the entire population of Philadelphia at the time. But only his family. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, 16 brothers and sisters. Just like, <laughs> oh, God. So anyway, one thing, one last thing we'll talk about, and then we'll talk about the weird stuff. Because everybody wants to know how much of a man whore Franklin was. Um, <laughs> so in his, because that's all we care about. We don't care about the ideals. We care about who he fucked. Jesus Christ. Uh, he didn't fuck Jesus. Jesus. That sounded like. <laughs> I didn't mean that. All right. So okay. So one of the things uh, I loved was that in a, his autobiography, Franklin listed thirteen virtues, uh, which in his mind, if one were to follow, they might be able to live a blessed American life properly. Mm-hmm. And I love these. Okay. So here they are. <clears throat> Number one, temperance. Eat not to dullness, drink not to elevation. Okay. <laughs> Silence. Speak not what may benefit others or yourself, and avoid trifling conversation. Okay, There's, so we've, we've already failed at number two. We've already failed at silence <laughs> and temperance. The third is order. Let all your things have their places. Let each part of your business have its time. Which is just basically saying, you know, organize and schedule your days and do your shit, you know, according to the schedule. And, put and close all your tabs. You don't need 24 tabs open. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Number four, resolution. Resolve to perform what you ought. Perform without fail what you resolve. So he's like, don't fuck around. If you make it, if you've made a decision in good faith, yeah. stick to it. Right. You know, don't let anyone, you know, talk, convince you that you're worthless. You know, nothing like that. Number five, frugality. This one speaks for itself. Make no expense but to do good to others or for yourself. Waste nothing. So, yeah, he's like, spend your money, but spend it to do good for yourself or people. Other yeah. people. You know, industry. Lose no time. Be always employed in something useful. Cut off all unnecessary actions. Which is great. Like... Stop swiping on your phone. Just do something <laughs> yeah. useful. Build Sincerity. a building. Yeah. <laughs> Sincerity. Use no hurtful deceit. Think innocently and justly. And if you speak, speak accordingly. So don't bullshit. That's well, there's that saying. honesty that comes back. Mm -hmm. it, it seems like that was one of his core values. Yeah. He's like, don't lie. You know, just just yeah. tell the truth. Say what you're really thinking. It's the only way. That was another thing he wrote about was free speech. He was like, if you're a... He, I can't remember the quote exactly, so I'm just going to butcher it. But he's basically said, mm -hmm. if you can't speak freely, you can't think freely, and you will have no freedom. If you mm -hmm. can't say what you're really thinking, what's really running through your head, you're already a slave. Yeah. Um, which, these days, is becoming more and more pertinent. Um, but, it, you know, self-censorship... Go ahead. Yeah, he also had another good quote that if uh, something along the lines of "if you give up your freedom for safety, you will get neither, and you deserve neither." Yeah, badass Ooh. man. Yeah, he was on another level. Uh, like he wasn't mm. just like, "Oh, let's start America, freedom for all." He was like, he thought about that shit. He understood the dangers. He also understood that personal responsibility was the only way it could work, and so he was like. Let's, instead of, like, raising people to be, like, hey, we're good American, let's teach them to be virtuous so they're automatically good Americans. Yeah. Like, he, he, dude, this guy was on another level. I'm serious. And reading about him, I was just like, god damn it, Ben Franklin, that guy gets it. <laughs> he, yeah. You know, he got the other rolling guys. Rolling in the Benjis. <laughs> yeah. I was rolling in the Benjamins the whole time, just like... <laughs> 
All right, we're almost done with these. So justice, wrong no one by doing injuries or omitting the benefits that are your duty. So basically, if you see something that's going wrong, you do something. Mm. Um, moderation, avoid extremes. Forbear resenting injuries so much as you think they deserve. So basically, don't hold grudges if somebody fucks yep. you over. Just be like, fuck it, you know? I'll just move on, mm. right? I'll do something else. You know, you're not going to go like, oh, I'm going to fucking kill the guy, because that's extreme. But also, like, I'm yeah. going to forgive him for everything he ever did. He's a perfect person. That's an extreme, too. Don't do those. Just be like, fuck it. I'm going to do my own thing. Uh, ten, cleanliness. Tolerate no uncleanliness in body clothes or habitation. This is failed. smart. Yeah, failed, totally. Um, This is smart because, like, uh, cluttered house, cluttered mind. Mm-hmm. If you're feeling anxious, clean up your fucking house. Uh, Tranquility. Be not disturbed at trifles or accidents common or unavoidable. Don't get pissed about what Target is doing on Twitter. <laughs> like, <laughs> be tranquil. Don't be bothered by this shit. And then, hilariously, number 12 is chastity. Mm. Um, <laughs> and this is funny because we're going to talk about the sex stuff right after this. He says, rarely use venery, but for health or offspring. Never to dullness, weakness, or the injury of your own or another's peace or reputation. So he's basically like, if you got to do it, go ahead and do it. You know, like, just do right. it. But don't do it so much that it's boring. Don't do it so much that you become, like, you know, uh, a bedridden sex addict. You know, he's just like, meh, if you got to do it, do it. And also, don't <laughs> cheat on your wife. Like, uh -huh. even though he cheated on his wife. Um, well. And then the last one is humility. He says, imitate Jesus and Socrates. <laughs> all right <laughs> that's a pair that you know so you could... get killed by your own people yeah one commit suicide no like jesus and socrates were both like uh, oh shit i got a text it all doesn't about matter being humble yeah hey look ulta beauty wants to hire me i somehow got on hey. this, this texting list where it sends you like hey you want, you want a job this place is hiring and i can't i haven't blocked the number yet but i will <laughs> Okay, so let's talk about the sex, because that's what everybody wants. That's the that's mm -hmm. the buzz feed we clicked on it because to hear about hear about Benjamin what he did with his dick. Like <laughs> doesn't matter that he was a fucking, you know, genius. I wanna know what he did with his dick. Okay, so Benjamin Franklin was well known for having a massive uh, libido. Which, mm -hmm. you know, makes sense. <laughs> yeah. You can't be a founding father without some massive balls. Yeah. How else yeah, do you founding... screw over all of England? Yeah. A founding father whose kids never found their father. Ha ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, except for, except for little Bill. He found his dad. Yeah. And Benjamin Franklin was like, alright, come live with me, I'll raise you. Oh fuck, you're a loyalist. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, there's a lot of buzz around Benjamin Franklin's sex life, like he was some kind of crazy lustful guy, which may have been true, but from what I've read, and I, I have not been reading the BuzzFeed articles, I have not been reading the may have been shit, I've been reading the shit that's like, yeah. Like what Benjamin Franklin wrote himself about his, about his shit. Not like, oh, Benjamin Franklin might have had sex with five women at once. It's a, there's, a, there's a document reported, like a police report from a woman who said she was busy having sex with a man of Benjamin Franklin's description. It's nothing like that. It's like the stuff that like is actually documented, you know? No. Um, not the BuzzFeed shit. Um, it doesn't look like it was shockingly bad. Like, you know, oh, Benjamin Franklin was a freak. No, nah, I think he just slept with prostitutes in London because he was bored. Um, and even he even got over that. Like, his advice to young men on how to handle their wild libido? Yeah. His advice? Date older women. Why? 
Because they'll take care of you, they're cleaner, they'll stick with you, and you can't tell how old someone is when the lights are out. <laughs> that's straight from his autobiography. Wow, okay. Yeah, and that's that. That's basically all I could find that was like, sure. you know, talking about that shit that wasn't from fucking Cracked or BuzzFeed. Um, you know, because there's speculation like, ah, he was a huge man whore who did all this... It's like, okay, it, it looks like he just kind of slept around a little bit, but I can't mm. find anything that crazy. And I may be wrong, but I really did look. Like, I googled it, Benjamin Franklin's sex life. Which, <laughs> if you want to feel dirty, <laughs> put that into your Google. Um, I'm on a couple watch lists now, but anyway. Um, but that's that. That's as far as I went with it, because I was just like, it's not interesting. After you cover sure, big sure, shit... Uh -huh. Mm -hmm. Like founding a country, it's just not. It's like, all right, so he, he yeah. slept around, whatever. Like, who cares? Like Jesus, it's not. He wasn't Caligula. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So okay, I, I got a little bit of a thing I I, I wrote in the not script going mm -hmm. out, and it, it was just it was a little emotional. I was feeling emotional after reading about. Edward I can Franklin. tell. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> go I, for it. I like this guy. It's so misunderstood. And it really, so it really startles me when I dip into American history, how far modern patriots, you know, people who call themselves patriots, how far they are from the visionary eyes of the founding fathers. Oh, like, yeah. you don't have to read bullshit propaganda from these guys. Just go read what they wrote. If you, the founding fathers were really, really different from one another. They disagreed on almost fucking everything. And they got drunk together trying to figure shit out all the time. But they all had this deep down desire to be a, to be free from the oppression of the British Empire and to build a nation that would be, would be populated by virtuous people who desired to do better all the time, to learn. They didn't want rigid, religious, patriotic people. They wanted thinkers, builders, builders and honest people. Hmm. They, they really believed that, that they could create a nation that was free from, you know, the, the evils of an empire. Yeah. And even, but even Benjamin Franklin was like, "Hey guys, this is probably eventually going to end in despotism, but we still have to try." Absolutely, it's the American way. Yeah, and he was right because we live on planet Earth, and he saw the writing on the wall. He was like, "This isn't going to last forever, but we can try to lay a foundation for it to last a while." And there are, because there are just there are some shitty people out there who are just selfish or paranoid or violent, and they're the ones who make all the decisions that fuck people over, and. It is said today that America is entirely powered by the mournful soul of Benjamin Franklin, uh, who regularly cries out in such agony at the Darth Vader the United States has become that mere vibrations of his voice generate enough electricity to construct a hundred new combat drones. <laughs> um, so, alas, Babylon is what I'm saying. Uh, uh -huh. But my last thing I want to say about it is let's not be sad about it. Um, because things can always be fixed. They can always be torn down and rebuilt. The plan you might have had for your life or your world might be looking pretty stupid at this point, but just remember, everything rusts or withers or turns to dust eventually. There's no end of the road utopia because shitty people will always exist. The last thing to do, or the thing to do is to look at it, roll up your sleeves, and go again. And this time, don't do slavery. Learn from the dumbass mistakes of those who came before <laughs> you and save yourself yeah. the trouble. Yep. Let's, but, let's do that. Yeah, that's the long game. That's the that's the that's the Benjamin Franklin game. It's like fuck it, we fucked up, but we're gonna do it again. So anyway, I think I think this Independence Day, uh, I will celebrate Independence. But I think I'm gonna focus on somebody like Benjamin Franklin who really did believe all this shit. And sure, 
thankfully for him, didn't have to live long enough to see America become an empire. Yeah. Become the Well, thing you it, do that. Uh -huh. I'm gonna smear grease into my mouth and then shoot gunpowder into the sky. Good idea! Like, yeah! That's yeah. what it's really about. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just want to add, the, uh, the patriots of today are... It's so... It's frustrating. Hmm. It's frustrating for me because... It's it's boiled down to red, white, and blue. You know, America, fuck yeah. It's 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 that or it's uh freedom. We gotta have our freedom. I'm complaining on Twitter, it's my freedom of speech. It's like th those are basics. Like you have the freedom to say anything you want. Why don't you say something that matters? You have the freedom to build anything you want. Why not build something that matters? You don't, you don't have to... You know, it's, it's not about, like, just being allowed. It's about... Pursuit. You know? And that's the frustrating thing about the patriots of today. Is they're just like... We already got it. America's fine. It's like, no, the idea is that you, you go, you build. You do things. You make it better. You elevate your fellow man. You know, and it's like, I just want to get by and I don't know. I'm going to quit ranting. I'm going to quit ranting, but <laughs> like that was what was, that was what, what I, Benjamin Franklin reminded me of. It's not about just being allowed. It's about industry. It's about yeah. making the most of it, you know? Well, and you have to improve your own life before you can ever hope that <laughs> the, the world will improve for you. Yes. Become a good, a good uh, horseshoe nail. Mm. You know? And that doesn't mean, like, fall in line. It means you can be... You can you can be the, uh... The polymath that Benjamin Franklin was. It doesn't have to be in the things he was interested in, but you can learn and, and do and do... I mean, this guy was the 15th child. The son of a, of a blacksmith. And he founded a nation, like, <laughs> yeah, because he believed in it. He he revolutionized uh, science in so many ways, political science. He changed the world dialogue from how do we control our kings and keep them from becoming tyrants to let's do away with kings. Let's be our own people. You know, like he he he's a, he's inspiring in a lot of ways. I mean, I don't know. I think this is the this is the like most I've liked a character that we've covered. <laughs> yeah, I think so. And there's probably people out there who are like, ah, you're buying the propaganda, and I'm kind of like, I don't really care because it's making me feel really good. <laughs> it is inspiring. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is inspiring. I mean, that's the thing is like there were jackasses back then too, but Benjamin Franklin doesn't appear to have been one of them. Hmm. So anyway, that's that's what I got. Wow. Yeah. That's. That's pretty good. Yeah. I give it a 5 out of 10. Yeah. Too much Benjamin Franklin. I'd give it a 1776 out of a 10. <laughs> oh, I bet I could do a great Alex Jones voice with my sick voice. Oh, yeah. I can't yell, though. I'll start coughing. What's he say? <laughs> I want... I want 1776. I can't... I, I can't do him right now. Fuck it. Okay. I'm going to start choking.
practice, come back later. Shall we head to the surface and rejoin the American dream? Yes. All right, off to employment. <laughs> <laughs> James? Mm-hmm? What are you gonna do for the rest of the day? There's only one thing to do. Yes? We gotta fight a war against the British. Yeah. Oh my god, how the turntable. What are you gonna do? I'm gonna found a new nation and invent not buy, not try, but ten focals. <laughs> Okay. So I can just, just so I can see on the level that Benjamin Franklin was seeing the world. Ugh. Ugh. And with that, I think it's time to bring the show to an end for today. If you hate us because we like Benjamin Franklin, you're probably right. So consider funding the show by becoming a patron on Patreon.com. Or if Patreon is not your thing, drop us a little tip and Venmo. That's at WTADP. The best thing you can do for the show, of course, is to share it, tell your friends, and, uh, I mean, really, like, please, just tell your fucking friends. Like, if you like the show, shout it to all the nations of the world. <laughs> We're really trying to make this a, a, a thing that's gonna work, but, uh, we might not because we're, we're such, uh, such, uh... Heretics? Heretics, yeah. <laughs> Our cover art was created by the Ian Patterson, oh my god, the Ian Patterson, of Ian Patterson Illustration. You can view more of his wonderfully whimsical work at www.ipattersonillustration.com. And with all that, we'll let the sounds of independence from British rule play you out. city. So peaceful, yet so full of terror. How can one fathom a city if they cannot even fathom themselves? This is truth. This is lie. And all the time we must ask ourselves why.